This is Wicked Roadie, a wicked good podcast about Rhode Island events and life. Hey, 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 how's it going? My name is Mary Larson. And I am Ben DeCastro. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast voted Best of Rhode Island three years in a row. That's right. Three years? Three years. All this all this Rona madness, you know, I, I think it's <laughs> I, I think it's a if if losing your sense of ability to count, although I'm a drummer, so counting up to the number four shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be. Uh but if that was a if that was a, a symptom, I, I'd definitely say, yeah, uh, I'm guilty and uh, <laughs> need to be quarantined. But yes, three years as we go here. Yeah. Um, we have uh, really, Mary. I don't know about you, but finding some of these unique, uh, different kind of events as we go in uh, has been fun, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been a bit of a challenge. So you know, right off the bat, I'd like to encourage people that if you have events that are coming up, you can always just Drop them off uh, either to our Facebook or to our email or whatever. Obviously, the links and stuff. Uh, but it's this time of year. You're starting to see all these different events where you can do things uh, to get the most use out of the children's costumes. Yes. yes. Super, important. Super important. I think this is the year to just declare, regardless as if it is uh, a noted or designated costumed event or not, mm-hmm. you can wear the costume. Yep, all month. All month. Just go for yeah. it. Go for it. <laughs> I, I think, agree. I think we shall, uh, I, I shall, you know, bang the gavel and make it henceforth. No need to call a press conference. Yes. Uh, you just, we'll just do it here. And if you see somebody out there wearing, uh, with their children wearing uh, costumes at a non-costumed, you know, uh, designated yeah. event, yeah. You know they're a fellow listener. That's right. So you you go up and you give them an elbow bump or a six foot distance high five. Love it. You know it's funny. We are trying to alert neighbors that we would still like to socially distance and safely trick or treat, but do it on an earlier time frame of the day. You know Halloween this year it's at fourth. It's a on a Saturday. So we're trying to tell our neighbors, hey, can the little kids trick or treat at four thirty? You know that way you can put the table out in the front of your driveway, put the candy spaced out. They'll have trick or treated while there's still sunlight and then they can go home and have dinner and call it a day. So I actually printed out a bunch of flyers and had my kids in their costumes yesterday and we were delivering them to people's mailboxes. I figured if they were cute kids in costumes, rather than me, they wouldn't think I'm a political uh, person just walking around trying to get their vote this early to this close to the election. And what was so funny is one of the doors that my kids walked up to, you know, they were going up saying good afternoon. We wanted to invite you to our socially distanced Halloween event. One guy, guy, bless his heart, heart, started giving my kids money. I think he thought they were like selling Girl Scout cookies or something. And my kids left. Right. He just started reaching out into his back pocket, handing them dollar bills. Mary, why have you why are you wasting your time right now with kid your children being in school? Pull them out for two weeks. You hit up every neighborhood. I want you on the east side. I want you down in Narragansett along Mansion Row. You need to be going to the the high rises in Lincoln. Yes. Uh, you know what? I know a couple of the cul-de-sac and little HOAs where Patriots players live. Ooh, hit them Go up. there. Go there. Start and you know what? College. Just pick a random address. They don't even care. Just send them around. Start 
cashing in, baby. Seriously. I was like, Let's guys, go. this is not what normally happens when you <laughs> knock on neighbors' doors, but now I'm afraid they're going to expect it. So we're, we'll, see, we'll see what happens Mom, this afternoon. all they gave me was a Snickers. I wanted a 20. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's funny. Right? (laughs) So the governor has announced uh, in recent press conferences that uh, they're encouraging people to do the daytime trick-or-treating. And what I really think, and this is not a political podcast by any stretch of the imagination, I I really think that if this is going to be something that they're hoping, uh, without going to great detail to explain exactly how to safely trick-or-treat and wear a mask, because I think we're all pretty good at that. Uh, I think it would be helpful if the governor or somebody in that position or a mayor or whatever said, look, we're going to do trick or treating between the hours of four and six or three, whatever it is during the daylight. She did come out and say that. She just said it on uh, the recent. Yeah. To make sure it's right. But but she didn't say she didn't designate times. That's the thing. And so that's usually the indicator for the start of trick or treating is usually. After, you know, at dusk. Yes. So that needs to be clarified. But also, the one area I'm seeing concern is usually you can identify which houses are participating by lights. Yes. So what is it going to be? How can we do it? Because let's face it, Mary, in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, there are older folks mm-hmm. that uh, they don't want to participate or they won't be home. Yes. And if there, there's got to be some kind of an indicator there. Uh, to do so and you know maybe we've got to teach the kids how to identify if a street light is on during the day or a house light is on during the day mm-hmm. and, you know really examine that you know fresnel lens on uh, the the house lights but uh <laughs> is it on or is that the sun reflecting through you know, you know pinterest it's one of those... had an idea to solve that problem what's that they said to put like to hand out to orange hand balloons, balloons and to like blow up the balloon and like stick it on your doorknob or something to let kids know this is a trick-or-treating friendly home right so long as we don't show them any of the pennywise movies oh you're leading right up too. thank you thank you <laughs> captain captain ruin it for everybody over here <laughs> You'll float too. Hey. So no matter what, it's communication is key. And I think that that's the the tricky thing right now, right? You know, you yeah. want to communicate with your local neighbors if you do have youngsters who want to trick or treat. And that's the trick, is we need to talk with them and come to an agreement. Okay, is 430 good? Will you put the table on your front lawn? If you don't want to trick or treat, the kids just won't knock on your door because they won't see anything in your front yard. But everybody needs to be on the same page. And you know what I found even yesterday too, my kids and I were walking up to people's doors with our masks on. We'd ring the doorbell and step back a couple feet. Some people are afraid to answer their door, even if you are masked and there's cute kids. So, Well, and that's that's what I mean. And that's where it can you know become very... I think that's where it will raise tensions and that will will raise anxiety. And and that's the last thing we want to do. So we'll see how things play out. And as we get the information, we will pass it along (laughs) to you. Or they'll throw a tunny at you. You don't know what may happen. Right. Hey, you know, cash only. Maybe if they put a green light Mm. in there, you know, replace it with a green light bulb. So that could be uh, that could be an interesting way there. So we'll be. We'll look forward to getting you that information. Anything else new on the Larson front? That's it. All things Halloween, my friend. That's all my kids are talking about nonstop. God bless them. Well, if you tuned in while you're on the road working, getting errands done, just listen and enjoy the episode. If you hear something that piques your interest, you can find all the links and info on our website, wickedroadypodcast.com.
right, let's start you right off with the costumed volleyball tournament happening this weekend over at Mulligan's Island. Uh, and if you happen to find yourself over by Mary's house, because she does live over there, knock on the door and see if she'll give you a hey. 20. No, no, I will. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 that's right. They, they are looking for teams to compete on the court, but also in their costumes uh, to, for some round-robin uh, playoffs-style volleyball. Now, this is something fun. It's different. It's happening. It's starting at Saturday from 5 to 11 p.m., Mulligan's Island is a wonderful little, you know, it's a, it's a, I think it's like a, I don't know if it's a full nine holes. It's a small little golf course, but there's also driving ranges. They get the mini golf. Uh, they, they, it's just a really, it's a great little location there. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yes. Uh, weather wise and perhaps other, uh, but they'll have awards for the different costumes there. This is certainly something for adults. Yes. So, you know, be sure to uh, check that out. This is being put on. Of course, by Mulligan's Island over there in Cranston and also Blue Fish Bowl Volleyball Club. Mm, pretty cool. And and Blast Volleyball, which I guess they're one. They're a professional sports league, as so they say. I'm going to look for uh, if I can get their collector's cards uh, next time <laughs> I'm over at the uh, my local sundries shop. So that is happening on Saturday from 5 to 11 p.m. Costume any fours volleyball tournament over at Mulligan's Island Golf and Entertainment. Nice. What do you have, Mary? Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, the uh, Lippitt Memorial, Memorial Park, of course, has their farmer's market. But we also wanted to let you know that they have an arts market. So this is some of the very best in handmade local art and crafts. This is Providence's only artist-run weekly arts market. And this is actually their eighth year doing it. So with today, there's only six more Saturdays for them to join up alongside the Hope Street Farmer's Market. And mind you, this is going to have paintings, jewelry, ceramics, clothing, accessories, glass, vintage, mixed media, all sorts of great things. And what I love about the PVD Arts Market is the artists are the people there. You know, they're underneath their little tent. They've got all their wares showing and you can ask them questions. And if you are someone who likes to plan ahead for the holidays, this is a great place to get gifts. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, we, we want to support our local artists, whether they're musicians or just artists, just because because once the cold weather hits, it's going to be really hard for these people to sell their wares. You know, they're not necessarily going to have as much flexibility with your holiday bazaars that maybe they have locally. It's just going to be a little different. So if you can, head on over to the Hope Street Farmer's Market this Saturday at that Lippitt Memorial Park right on the cusp of Providence and Pawtucket for the PVD Arts Market. It's a wonderful experience. Awesome. Mary, something that a lot of people missed out on this summer just due to the various restrictions are clam bakes. Yes. I know uh, in my town, we usually have uh, one or two every weekend over at uh, the Hugo Pavilion. But again, due to the various restrictions, those weren't able to happen. They're typically fundraisers and people enjoy them uh, put on by various organizations. But in Portsmouth, over at Ragged Island Brewing Company, which used to be a, a nursery and a farm stand, they have converted that over into it's it's right on Bristol Ferry Road there right off as you get off of the Mount Hope Bridge. Okay. okay. They converted it into a brewing company. They have a giant tent and plenty of space out back. So they partnered up with McGrath's Clam Bakes and Catering mm. to host open to the public traditional clam bakes. So they did this uh the last week of the week before and it went off huge. Nice. People Loved it. So they are doing that again this Sunday from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. You have to make reservations, reserve a table. They have all the restrictions there. But let me tell you something about McGrath's clam bakes. Tell me. Tell me. 
excellent, outstanding, phenomenal. Yeah, they're very, very good. They're great people over there. So if you are looking to get that taste of summer uh, that you might have missed out on, go check that out. Again, it's the Portsmouth Clam Bake number two, as they are officially calling it, over at the Ragged Island Brewing Company. Of course, I'm not a connoisseur of such, but I hear there are incredible beverages uh, available when you go there. So uh, you can check that out as well. With McGrath Clam Bakes and Catering, it's Ragged Islands, Portsmouth Clam Bake number two. Very cool. Hey, if you're already in the spooky spirit, maybe you're donning your Halloween costumes early. This weekend has a really cool event happening at the Museum of Natural History and Planetarium. That, of course, is like in that Roger Williams complex, you know, where it's the zoo and the park. And then it's their really, really cool building. And they're going to make it the night at the Haunted Museum. So you get to experience the museum's most bizarre collections among spooky, living, uh, moving decorations. You know, as our friends at 1031 Productions, who are that living art, you know, they, whether they're gargoyles or floral arrangements and then they slowly creepily move. Well, they're going to make sure that this museum is an incredibly fun Halloween experience. Face reco- coverings are, of course, required and they're going to ask that you socially distance. Now, this is an event that tickets need to be purchased ahead of time and it is for all ages, but they're recommending that the very young may find it a tad bit creepy and strollers are not permitted just because there's stairs at this event. So, Oh, actually, they do not want costumes. See, don't listen to me. (laughs) Don't wear costumes at this necessarily, or else they may think that you're one of the creations from the 1031 Productions. But of course, you do need to wear your face covering. So just a really cool thing happening, and that is Friday and Saturday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Fantastic. Mary, I actually spoke with the executive director of United Way Rhode Island, and she expressed her great appreciation to yourself, myself, and uh, all our listeners at here at Wicked Roadie for all the assistance that we've been able to support the United Way with. Uh, and, and whether you're looking to take part of a big single project or interested in a more long-term opportunity, there are nonprofits across the state eager for help mm-hmm. and very appreciative of so to make a difference. Nice. Well, this nice. week, the well, United Way of Rhode Island spotlights three organizations whose varying needs for volunteers are for something for everyone. And of course, to learn more about this, you can head on over to our website. The Federal Hill House seeks volunteers to assist at its food pantry, which is in Providence, and they need assistance stocking shelves, pre-packing bags of food for clients, and so forth. Now, volunteers must wear a mask and follow safety guidelines, but the help is needed Monday through Friday's morning and afternoon shifts, and you can reach out to them and sign up for a shift just by uh, contacting Alori Fernandez. What do you have, Mary? Habitat for Humanity in South County is looking for help for long-term help for their Restore program, which supports the construction of housing for low-income families. I mean, we all know, especially here in 2020, sure. things have been really tough for a lot of people. So you can volunteer at the store once per week for six months, greet donors, accept donors, Donations and maybe prepare items for sale. Now, of course, training will be provided. For so, if you're a little nervous because you don't have the training for it, don't worry, they've got you covered. Will Jimmy Carter be there, former president <laughs> no. and avid supporter of Habitat for Humanity? Alas, no. Oh, okay. Well, 
God bless him. Uh, the Empowerment Factory is a Pawtucket-based nonprofit dedicated to advancing children's creativity, self-esteem, and social-emotional skills. They're recruiting new members for its board of directors. So if that's something that you're looking to uh, get on, uh, you can help support the work that prepares kids for success in school and life. So if you're interested, reach out to them. Contact Gail over at Empowerment Factory. And to learn more about the United Way of Rhode Island, or if you're in need of assistance, visit their website or simply dial 211 and get connected to the help that you need. Oops, playing the wrong song. Okay, those of you who are listening this far, you know. That's our Wicked Fun, the 401. Here's the yes. one I wanted. There we go. See that? You thought you'd get more information, ladies and gentlemen, but no. We're ending the show so you can go out there and do something fun. And as we said at the beginning, everything we talked about today can be found on our website, wickedroadypodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram because we love to be social, and we know you do too. And let me tell you, the photos that y'all are sharing... For your mm. it's fall, y'all kind of posts, you know, the pumpkins and just the pretty mums and all the beautiful places we have here in the Ocean State. They're looking fine. Keep using that hashtag Wicked Roadie. And if you could do us a favor, if you're a listener of this podcast, which you are because you're listening right now, do us a favor and screenshot your phone right now. If you're safe, if you're not driving, if you're not jogging, screenshot your phone and share it in your Facebook or Instagram stories and tag us. Wicked Roadie Podcast. If you're looking to get your message directly into the listeners' ears uh, of the various Mary and Blake media podcasts, you can explore all the shows that thousands, I mean tens of thousands, listen to each week at maryandblake.com. You can see all the various shows. Mary, what is, I mean, I know Wicked Roadie is, is perhaps one of the smaller shows just because uh, of of the fact that it's We're Rhode the Island. state, yeah. <laughs> right, but you have shows that are international yes, with the yes. Game of Thrones, uh, Outlander, this is us too, Outlander, Harry Potter. Yeah, This right. Is Us is coming back up later this yeah. month, so we're getting gearing that one up. We're, we're doing another podcast about The Crown. I mean, wow. if it's a fandom on television, we've probably got it covered. <laughs> Do you have a deep dive on ALF? Alas, no. There was no. not podcasting during ALF time, so that might uh, well. be an interesting endeavor. Hey, if COVID continues for too long, let's be real. <laughs> we may have we're to. Now, <laughs> we're now watching reruns of, uh, of what was the Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. There, there you go. That's the one. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> My name's Mary Larson. And I'm Ben DeCastro. And you've been listening to Wicked Roadie. We'll have more for you in the near future.